Snakeland, a true crime podcast. Hi, I'm Aaron O'Brien, and it's time to return to Snakeland. I'm Jason Gussman, and this is episode two in which we discuss the murder of Kathy Harold and its connection to Snake Land. Jason, before we get started with that, uh, I'd like to just get into uh, a news article that I dug up about that death that we were speaking in the previous episode that happened uh, in Snake Land. And you said there we were having trouble finding this person that died. Oh, right. The one, the one that happened in the, uh, in the 1970s. Yes. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. So this is, uh, an article. I'm not sure of the date right now. I'm going to have to search that up later. If I find it, I will let you know. But this, uh, headline says Kenmore boy 12 is killed in fall. Ooh. Yeah. So this is pupils at St. Paul's school in Kenmore today planned individual classroom surface for Daniel C. McCracken 12 was killed yesterday in a 150 foot fall so like remember i was saying last episode how dangerous snake land was yep yeah the youth was in sixth grade student at saint paul's he fell to his death at the former agway grain elevator shaft in military road in ontario street in the town of tonawanda popular with his fellow students and teachers at saint paul's his death spelled sorrow for the 800 pupils school where the classes uh, will be dismissed on Wednesday morning where the funeral will be held. And it says here that also the uh, town police said Daniel and two 12-year-old companions were in the idle grain elevator complex when the tragedy mm. occurred shortly after 5.30 p.m. He fell for the top of a 12-story concrete silo, uh, steel silo. Uh, C. George uh, Carncross, a Kenmore volunteer fireman, called to the scene recover the boy who rushed to Kenmore Mercy Hospital where he was pronounced dead on arrival. And, 12 uh, stories? Yeah, the, wow. uh, that's when I was saying how tall and big these things were. It's It was sure. hard to imagine. And like there was just, if he fell in the silos, it's just a straight shot. Yep. So it's like yep. you, there's nothing to grab onto. There's just, it's a, it's a cylinder you're falling into. Right. Yeah, so it says, in describing the accident, the police said that three boys uh, apparently crawled under the uh, cyclone fence at the mill property, and then uh, they then climbed along the spiral staircase to the top of the elevator. The boys apparently pulled uh, open the hatch about the size of manhole cover to the top of the huge bin. It was uh, there that the McCracken boy apparently lost his footing, the police said, and the boy fell uh, onto the metal floor of the silo far below. Yeah, getting the boy out of the bottom of the elevator was a matter of top bravery. So far as I'm concerned, uh, Frank J. Rowland, one of the recovery witnesses, said, Mr. Cancross climbed through the 13 by 5 inch door about the height, about uh, 8 feet above the ground level at the base of the elevator to recover the boy's body. So, Wow. Yeah, that's... it goes on just the recovering people uh, that, I mean, the <clears throat> survivors of his family. But, yeah, it's it's sad. And, you know, like I said before, the fact that I went there and I'm still alive is amazing. It's crazy yeah. that, that uh, uh, I could have, you know, could have been the same fate as uh, as Daniel here. Daniel. 
Yeah. So, wow. That is, that's, that's really unfortunate. I mean, especially due to the kid's age, my God. I know. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's amazing in some ways that that in and of itself wasn't enough for somebody to step up and say, okay, we, we really got to take care of this, uh, the situation with the, with the grain elevators before another kid gets hurt. And then, you know, well, you know what happened with Joe F after that in 1981. So, right. Right. Uh, and, and, and everything that goes around after that, that which we yep. are talking the mostly the content of what we're talking about for the podcast, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, decades later that they yeah. did something about these buildings. And yeah. It's, it's, it's stunning. So yeah. anyway, so no, that's, absolutely. that's our addendum for, uh, Daniel McCracken. All right, man. Thank you. No, thank you for finding that. I mean, it's, it's sad as hell, but I mean, at the same time, at least putting, you know, a, uh, personage to, you know, just, a a fall and a death, you know, that's meaningful. So something absolutely, there. absolutely. So, it's tragic. Uh, yeah. let's go on to the next, unfortunately tragic this. We're going to go into, sure. uh, the death and murder of Kathy Harold. Okay. Um, I'm going to cover just like the more common knowledge stuff to begin with, um, just so that we've got that set up and, 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 you know, out of the way before we dig in, uh, even deeper on July 1st, 1985, Kathy Harold, 15 years old, a Canmore West high school student was strangled to death and her body found on the railroad tracks behind an abandoned grain elevator and popular teenage party spot called Snake Land, on the line between Kenmore, New York, and the town of Tonawanda, New York. Uh, just to clarify, um, that, and this, this is something that, you know, I was under the misapprehension for a very, very long time, that Kathy's murder was being handled by the Kenmore cops. Mm-hmm. And that simply was never the case. It was actually uh, town of Tonawanda police that was uh that was dealing with her case and and still does yeah deal with, and, deal with her and case. that the military road where uh that's located right off of snake lane was located off of that's the dividing line between kenmore and town Tonawanda. it kind of jogs does this weird jog over where you think it'd be either buffalo but it's not so right oh, gotcha okay the um the spot snake land was frequented by heads Heavy metal fans who dressed in leather and denim, drank alcohol, took drugs, and dabbled in Satanism. Kathy could either be considered a member of this subculture or aspired to be part of it. She was said to be dating an older individual in the subculture at the time that she was murdered. Um, Heads is pretty much interchangeable with metalheads or heshers, you know, basically uh whatever they call them in in your town uh where you know like you know folks again you know just basically heavy metal fans and mm-hmm. you know everything that comes along with it so um but uh but Kathy was most definitely part of the whole snake land scene uh although it is kind of questionable whether or not she was really uh you know accepted completely within it sure, um yeah. But there was a lot and of kids there, as, as we talked before. We don't know oh, exactly sure. how many, but she yeah. was part of a circle that seemed to, you know, be involved in that area. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and it, it seemed to expand by, you know, the day. 
as far as as far as that went you know it's like i mean you know 90 kids you know that's a rave you know <laughs> and that's and you know basically that that's what you know at least the uh, the police and the the newspapers were discussing it as okay um however a number of the early news articles about Kathy's murder focused on the satanism related aspects of snakeland and either implied or stated outright that Kathy's murder could possibly have been part of a satanic ritual. Uh, this is uh, this is pretty bizarre, frankly, um, this, in the respect that a uh, a fifteen year old girl is murdered, and then the focus is on you know whether or not the individuals around her were worshiping Satan. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it just seems like a and this will this will be a, rec- a recurrence in 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 Kathy's case, but just that uh, is just always focusing on the wrong thing. Uh, the only the only explanation that you can have is that in in 1985, when when Kathy's murder occurred, um, that'd probably be considered the height of the satanic panic. And we touched on this on the uh, the first episode as well. Um, and basically like a moral panic exemplified by the McMartin preschool controversy and uh, multiple accusations in Jordan, Minnesota, and hundreds of others across America during that time. So, And maybe in a future uh, episode we can talk more about the satanic panic uh, and kind of spell it out because I know there's probably a lot of younger listeners that don't know what the McMartin uh, preschool uh, controversy or Jordan, Minnesota is. Uh, just sure. let, just know that these are um, it, true stories that happened that was like invoked the idea of Satanism going on with young children and it right. panicked people. It scared people. They thought it was there was a huge problem. Satanism in America during the 1980s. And we'll get into that another time. But just know, mm-hmm. maybe put a pin on that and someday we'll we'll keep getting back to that that issue because that is important to everything we're talking about right now. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think I think one of the things that's really strange is that, you know, it just it seems ridiculous looking back at this satanic panic stuff and thinking, how could people possibly believe this? You know, how could any of them believe this? And then, you know, uh, you take a good solid look at QAnon and it's like, OK, well, that's that's Democratic uh, pedophile Satanists. And there are unfortunately, you know millions of people i guess that believe in that so so there's an undercurrent of of easily persuaded of like our deepest darkest fears of what could be happening and uh in society satanism being obviously the most scariest thing that most people can possibly imagine other than zombie Mm -hmm. apocalypse kind of thing so (laughs) yeah no absolutely i I completely i completely agree so but i I think that would be a great idea for us to uh to settle in and really uh, do a little bit of a deep dive in the satanic panic. So, um, one of the, one of the other things that was uh, that was very much uh, an ongoing part of the mythology or whatever that uh, surrounded Kathy's murder was that um, as time passed and no arrests in the case ever occurred. Um, there was this this uh, this rumor, this thought that the murderer may have been a quote unquote protected individual, mm. the son of a local politician or a high ranking police officer, and therefore was never charged. Um, that may have happened 
Um, I mean, or at least there was the possibility of that still happening back in 1985, where technology and, um, you know, identification software and all kinds of things, you know, like hadn't evolved to the point um, that it is today. Right. Um, but it is it it's still it's still it, it kind of strains credulity. But at the same time, uh, it seemed real to us. And it's like most things with uh, when you have your authorities and they don't seem like they have the answers, you start wondering, is there a reason why they don't have the answers? Because, right. And I don't want to say just throw out the word, you know, like uh, like they just couldn't get the job done. Uh, and and that was people don't want to go that far. They think that there must be another reason they can't connect the dots to find her, her true murder and bring them to justice. So I think people think mm -hmm. this, I don't know if that's even, uh, you know, if this has any reality. Uh, I mean, any, any truth to it. I mean, uh, other than the rumor, I've heard mm -hmm. the rumor. I know you've, yeah, obviously we're, we're talking about it, but it's like, sure. I, there's no way to connect the dots to that rumor itself. So mm -hmm. high, highly dubious, right? You know, uh, it's just, it's again, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, when you're grasping at straws, you know, and, and when it essentially, you know, when you, when you've got the police, uh, you know, failing completely to find an individual that they can, you know, place a charge on, um, you're kind of left with nothing else. And, mm. you know, it's like teenage kids don't want to admit it. But there's a part of them deep down that would like to believe that they're being protected by the cops, not just persecuted right. by the cops. Right. And in lieu of that, you got to You got to have some sort of story. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But those rumors aside, no one uh, publicly verified that they knew where Kathy Harold was or who she was with. Between 7.30 Sunday night and 6.30 a.m. Monday morning when her body was discovered. Um, there's a lot of conflicting reports of where she was and what she was doing. But there simply wasn't enough to match up to, you know, to ever, uh, as I said, place a charge on somebody or multiple somebodies, as we'll discover later. Uh, the town of Tonawanda police claim to be following up on several persons of interest, but after a certain point, there were no further news updates. It just kind of uh, drifted away. And, yeah. you know, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I know for a fact that much closer friends of Kathy's and her family, obviously, uh, were going to you know, have a very, very difficult time with this. But for the rest of the rest of the student body at Kenmore West, it just became some other fucked up thing to talk about sure. that, that, that sophomore year, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, she did that. Gary M killed himself. Uh, John justice killed his whole family. You know, it was basically it. Yeah. I, I, I hate to say this because it sounds very, very crass, but you got to keep in mind, we're dealing with teenage kids here. And that a lot of it seemed to me at the time about there was uh, just a sense of excitement. There wasn't sure. fear, but a sense of excitement. You yeah, because you, you don't know that this is unusual. You come into it and you <laughs> think like, well, this is life now, I guess, you know, right. and uh, you have nothing to gauge it from. And that's I think that's the failing 
of parents and teachers and, and other people in that time period, you know, and I, I know we'll get into this more, but it's more of just like, mm-hmm. this is standard fare and just let's move on. Like, we're not going to address this. Right. No, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And there's, there's, there's a reference to, uh, and I thought about this after you talked about Daniel's death, because I, I know that part of the article was about the school uh, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, making an announcement and, you know, just, you know, kind of grieving together, that whole idea. That never happened in right. Kenmore West uh, right. High School. Because, I mean, well, uh, uh, Kenmore West, obviously just a standard public school compared to a Catholic school that uh, uh, Daniel went to. So maybe there was more right. of uh, the... The the clergy, the priests there trying to uh, get people together during a time of grief. So Right. And at the very least, it was a simpler death, if you will, yeah. uh, than, say, a murder or sure. a suicide, you right. know, that comes with all this, 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 you know, ugly baggage that right, right. You know, the, uh, the folks there had to deal with. But but that's that's the basics as far as, you know, these are things that everybody knew. Everybody going to West knew this stuff. Most of the adults all knew this stuff. What I'd like to do next is kind of take you through the uh, the uh, articles or little parts of the articles after Kathy's murder and how things expanded slowly uh, from there. I've got uh, I've got to start with here. Uh, July 2nd. This is the day after Kathy was murdered. This was the North Tonawanda Evening News. Now, without going too deep into it, the North Tonawanda Evening News was not exactly the paper of record in Erie County. Uh, That would have been the Buffalo News. And the fact that the Buffalo News didn't even touch this thing until, uh, what was it? Uh, I believe July 21st is the first that we... Uh, we hear about, or Kathy is mentioned in a Buffalo News article, and even then, it's mostly to talk about the satanic aspects, uh, which we had discussed last week. That came along right. with Snake Land. So, right, right. Um, but anyway, the North Tonawanda Evening News stated Kathy was quote beaten about the face and head, and manually strangled to death. According to the Erie County Medical Examiner, Catherine's death was caused when she was strangled by human hands. Okay, that's not true. She may very well have been beaten about the face and head, but she was certainly not strangled by human hands because human hands do not leave a single ligature. And the reason that we know, of course, without even thinking about it, that Kathy was killed with a single ligature was because uh, that was what separated her from uh, the bike path rapists' right. uh, murders right. that were yeah. done with uh, dual ligature. So, right, right. And again, more of that later. So this is July 3rd, and this is the Tonawana News. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Nis pledged, uh, pledged Kenmore Police will work with the town of Tonawana and other police agencies to apprehend the murderer or murderers. Chief Arnett, told the board that while the girl's body was found in the town, she was a resident of the village of Kenmore. I'm sorry, the village and Kenmore police are cooperating with the investigation. So uh, like we said, town Tonawana is taking the lead, but obviously uh, she lived in Kenmore because it was bordered so close. And um, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully they uh, were sharing information between each other. 
Absolutely. And this this is something I find interesting, too, Aaron, is the uh, the idea that even this early in the case, July 3rd, two days later, it's already about police agencies to apprehend the murderer or murderers. Now, I don't know. Maybe I missed something. I don't read the news a lot, but um, uh, the amount that they they pluralize murderer when referencing Kathy is 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 very I think it's very telling. And and as as we find out more, then that'll that'll fit into that as well. But they're still right. going on the narrative that this is a satanic uh, killing. Oh sure, I mean I I think I, I I don't think you can I don't think you can ignore that part of it. You know, it just there's just there's just too much too much going on there. Again, the the news put this huge stress on it in and of itself. The Buffalo News. And then, you know, and beyond that, I mean, you actually, you know, you've been to Snakeland, Aaron, you know, I mean, we're looking at a lot of decorations, writing, um, you know, things that would imply that there's, you know, satanic elements going around. How serious they were or how serious anyone should take them is very, very hard, much harder to say. Sure. But it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's got to be discussed. Oh, yeah. So next up is July 4th, the Tonawanda News. Again, Town of Tonawanda Police plan to interview seven acquaintances of Catherine Harold, a 15-year-old Kenmore girl found strangled to death Monday morning near railroad tracks off Military Road. Okay, before before we get into the medical examiner, I did want to mention with the seven acquaintances, uh, this is very, very close to what uh, the the fella, uh, was it, uh, Detective Tim Henchy, Pinchy, uh, right, from yeah. last episode. Yeah, you got it. The, Who was, there was talking eight, about? There was eight people involved. In yes, this back then. Yes, you got that, it. The people that never uh, amount to anything. <laughs> That's right. They've never done anything. They'll never do anything. You know, like that whole that yeah. whole deal. But yeah. apparently, uh, these this number of individuals, this stuff didn't come out of nowhere. You know, I mean, it's only one off, but you know, you get it. So, right. Um, The Erie County Medical Examiner's Office today reported that the girl may have been strangled to death before lacerations appeared on her head. And get this, a clerk in the Erie County Medical Examiner's Office said she may have been struck by a passing train, which caused the cuts to her head after she was strangled to death by hand. It's interesting. makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. If you're struck by a passing train, you're in half, even a slow moving train. And this yeah. very idea that, you know, again, <laughs> you know, that this was even even a possibility. And, but, and, and, and just to go on to that, too, I mean, mm-hmm. I think later later we find out how she was actually splayed out across the tracks where her body mm-hmm. was left. So, like you said, if if it's not like she was like laying like by the tracks, it seemed like she was right there so i i I think that's explained later in the buffalo news article but no i think i think you're i think you're right but i think i mean i it's 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 a big distinction to make just in the respect that if you have if she's laying across the tracks like in an old silent movie then obviously the body's gonna be much more damaged even if it was you know without life at that point but you know this just it seemingly just makes no sense but so is this bad reporting? Is this uh, the Erie County Medical Examiner's throwing out like mm. bad information so they th- make the killers think that they're not on to them? I-, I don't really understand how that would even play into it. So, 
That's that's what makes me wonder. Well, Aaron, why don't you just read the next clip? And, I, uh, will. <laughs> I will. This is undated. Uh, this is another reference to the uh, uh, medical examiner's clerk's theory. North Tonawanda Evening News. Uh, Chief Detectives Robert Mc, uh, McDonald. McDowell? I, I think it's McDonough. McDonough. I'm not. Thank I, you. I, I won't. Yeah, I think you're right. That, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chief uh, Chief of Detectives Robert McDonough said today that she had not been struck by a passing train as previously theorized by the clerk at the medical examiner's office. Uh, the chief said that he did not know uh, today what instrument had been used on the girl's head to cause the lacerations found on her body when discovered about 6.30 a.m. July 1st off military road. So they cleaned that up pretty quick. You know, just that's, yeah. Previously theorized by a uh, by a clerk who no longer works for the medical examiner's I, office. I know, and that's a funny thing. Is like, first of all, like, how are the, <laughs> how are the press getting to the medical examiner's office and not going through the detectives or chief of police who should be, like, the face of this or, or some public person talking about this? I, that's how I would right. handle if I was law enforcement. That, oh, absolutely. So, so, yeah. the, so the information is controlled and not just like, hey, I talked to the medical examiner. Right. There should be everything should funnel to like one source, you know, uh, you know, whomever it is, lead detective on the uh, on the case gives the press conference and then it's a wrap. I, I don't understand how, you know, the Tonawanda News or whomever was getting to talk to even a clerk at the office who was you know, right. giving their theories about this. It may not have come as a surprise to town of Tonawanda police that Catherine Harold's mother wanted them to look for her teenage daughter in the area of the grain silos on Military Road after the girl had been reported missing last week. Teens have been drawn to the vacant grain silos in nearby empty warehouse for at least the past 20 years. Within the past two months, town police have heightened their efforts to break up gangs of youths at the site because of recent evidence of devil worship there. Drinking alcohol and doing drugs seems to be a common practice, but satanic actions appear to be creeping into the purpose of the gathering, police say. The 17, 18, and 19-year-old kids are luring the juveniles and putting them into an environment we want to stop, Lieutenant Robert Little of the town of Tonawanda Police said. He added, however, the group has a tight code of ethics, dealing with squealers this is going to be the common point (laughs) yeah man i mean seriously uh just because the fact that even if it was conflicted information a lot of people knew at least the basics of what went on with kathy and again uh with a couple of exceptions those couple of exceptions that were not exactly taken too seriously by the police it, it should be said but that basically this whole thing of the tight code of ethics dealing with squealers, this this has been played out again and again that that we've that we've seen this. We saw this in uh, comments on the Return of Snakeland uh, graphic novel and how much you know how much of it was just uh, you'd ask around at school, you know, do you know who killed Kathy Harold? Oh yeah, totally. So. Who killed her? You know, because I don't know. And then it just, you'd never get an answer. Sure. You'd never get an answer. But everybody who said they knew, 
Well, the next article here listed is uh, Tonawana News, July 15th. The town of Tonawana Police today said polygraph tests have been given to three young males and more are expected to be questioned in connection to the recent strangulation death of Kathy Harold of Kenmore. An autopsy states that the girl was beaten about the head with a blunt instrument before she was strangled to death. Which, you know, it probably does make sense. You know, I mean, we don't have a lot of details about about that part, but I, I, I do remember um, news articles from the period when they had reopened Kathy's case and they were talking about the specifics of a big gash over over one of her eyes, mm-hmm. uh, if nothing, if nothing else. Right. That sort of thing. But um, the idea and, and again, I don't know if this is typical of newspapers, but the polygraph test had been given to three young males, three young males again and again will return. Um, July 21st, the Buffalo News. Finally, police and the young people themselves agree on those points. But the strangling of a 15 year old Kenmore girl whose body was recovered about 500 yards away from Snakeland on July 1st, has ignited a controversy over whether the young people have been involved in actual satanic rituals. While police have have found no direct link between the death of Catherine Harold and any satanic-like cult, her friends say she was a participant in the events that some police call satanic rituals and that the participants call large beer marijuana part. Police have been quick to dispel many of the rumors that have become common currency in the village and town. Police also have denied vehemently rumors that the Herald killing was a sacrifice. At least they're honest about that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 definitely, uh, that part at least is leading in the right direction. So uh-huh. that's something, but... Uh, next article is August 10th, Tanawana News. Abandoned grain elevators sealed again. Forty truckloads of stone and earth will be piled against the railroad side of the abandoned uh, grain elevators in the town of Tonawanda today to seal off the entrances in the building. Over the past few years, two youths fell from the deaths inside the elevators. About six weeks ago, Kath, uh, Catherine Harold, 15 of Kenmore, was found strangled to death near the site. So, and that's that's nice that... Yeah. They did that, but apparently you got in. Uh, uh, so yeah, that sure didn't like, work. It's like honestly, us kids were like rats. We just kind of like found holes to get in, and <laughs> we can get pretty creative. And you know, when you're young, when you're like 16, 17 years old, you know, you can do a lot of things that you can't do when you get older. So you can climb and squeeze into places that I know I couldn't do now. So sure, okay, <laughs> no, no, that makes that makes sense as well. Yeah. November second, Tanawanda News. Forensic reports on evidence collected in the July 1st strangulation murder of 15-year-old Catherine Harold of Kenmore are still being awaited from the FBI laboratory in Washington, D.C., town of Tonawanda detectives said today. Town Chief of Detectives Robert McDonough said the FBI examination of evidence gathered at the murder scene and elsewhere is essential before any further progress is anticipated in solving murder case. I mean, I, I guess so, but um, did <laughs> did that ever happen? And, and the FBI being involved in a case like this, like, is it because it was on railroad tracks? Is that like maybe because it's like owned, like an interstate kind of thing, like interstate commerce? 
I mean, that's the that's the only thing that would really uh, explain it to me, you know, because the FBI doesn't just get involved in the murders of teenage girls, you know, as unseemly as they are. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know exactly why. I mean, maybe it had to do with um, the fact that that type of uh, scientific examination wasn't available here in New York State, that's, I guess, that's possi- that's not a possibility. In... Maybe they had forensic science that just we just didn't have the labs for sure. in a city like Buffalo, I guess. Well, yeah, but as you know, Aaron, uh, we filed for uh, a Freedom of Information Act on FBI files related to Kathy Harold, which we know that bare minimum that the files existed. Uh, the request was refused due to case remaining open after 35 years. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's still a secret, and we can't know yeah. about any of the information. No. So, uh, I, mean, I recently I recently resubmitted. I don't know if I told you that, but it just, I don't, I don't know if we're, how far we're going to get with this. Sure. But it's, it's worth trying at least, you know, that, that, that type of thing. Right. So, gotcha. Um, so you, you have hmm. we have an, another uh, like a link to the case that you've uh, listed here, mm-hmm. um, and I can read that if you like. Very much so. Very much so. Please. So do. this is not Kathy Harrell, but is uh, as Jason's uh, put into the article because it has it's in the orbit, I guess, of, mm. of what happened of, of uh, Harold's murder. So this is a um, August fourth, Buffalo News. Uh, despite the fact the, I'm sorry, despite the fact that Buffalo and the town Tondawana detectives have interviewed some of the same use of the slang of Michelle, uh, Kes, Kesparek, Kesparek. Yeah, you got it. And Mm -hmm. Kathy Harold, please believe that they're probably looking for, uh, two celebrities. Celebrated cases, the two celebrated cases. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a chunk there that's completely illegible. A oh. lot of the older, the older uh, articles that we've got um, came off of uh, microfilm, so they get the, like smushed when they're when they're uh, scanned originally. The original scans. I, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I yeah. know that there's like big gaps in 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 many of them. And if you ever go to the website, uh, folks, you'll see that uh the under the historic materials we pretty much have placed everything that we've gotten our hands on um you'll see essentially the gaps and the issues with blurring and stuff like that but right and 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 we'll you know it's always a work in progress so i mean the more mm-hmm. we find the more we'll post absolutely um, the article continues uh miss kasparic 13 of blackrock and miss uh, harold 15 of kenmore were found murdered several miles apart in similar uh in similarly grisly circumstances the buffalo girl's throat was slashed when she was killed on may 1984 the kenmore girl was strangled and her body found between the rails uh the rails of the railroad tracks july 1st there are also indications that the two victims knew some of the same teenage youths, police said. Because of those similarities, detectives from the two police agencies have covered some common ground in their separate probes and have investigated the possibility of the same ki- killer or killers in the two cases. There also have been rumors on the street that the killings may have been linked. I can't rule it out, uh, Town of Tonawana Chief Police uh, Robert McDonald 
said last week, we certainly have to look in that direction. Yeah, it's it's it, it's really this this the story of Michelle Kasparik is 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 incredibly sad. I mean, much like Daniel, uh, who we were referring to earlier, uh, she 13, you know, um, and essentially she was uh, she just wandered off from some sort of a um, some sort of a, a going away party. Might have been for uh, for someone who's going in the military or something, but anyways, pretty much she wandered wandered off, didn't come home, and then they ended up finding her, or somebody, some dog walker found her the next day, and apparently, it's seeing her throat was slashed as being um, showing restraint because apparently, like her head was nearly decapitated. Ugh. So it was it's grim, it's grim, it's it's really grim, and. Similarly speaking, however, it was it was never it was never solved. There were never any charges levied, uh, and there are uh, the social circles between uh, Michelle Kasparek and uh, and Kathy Harold. Uh, there was there were some similarities there. There were there were people there were people who were who were going back and forth. Now again, no idea who or you know anything more about it than that. I I uh, I found a whole bunch more articles about about Michelle Kasparik. Unfortunately, after a certain point, I was I was realizing, with the exception of of this article, there wasn't really anything more to add. Simply because uh, there's not it much just, more information. There was, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just that it was never solved, and it's not like Kathy's story, where there are elements that at least uh give us some hope that even this this far after the fact that there may be uh some closure and some justice but and this happened this happened uh before the year before yes yes and uh not quite to year to the day because this was in may but she uh now if you don't know black rock where she's from is mm-hmm. uh, literally like a stone's throw from the town of Tonawanda, the site of Snake Land, and mm-hmm. then town of Tonawanda does this weird jog in between the two areas between Black Rock and Kenmore. So if that town of Tonawanda swath wasn't there, you probably have uh, Black Rock right, you know, butting up against <clears throat> Kenmore. So yes, um, yes, and so in Black Rock is technically considered the city of Buffalo. So it's right on the border there. So it's a township or an area of the city of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just so you know, I, you know, I was thinking Jason, mm-hmm. at some point I might put together like a, like a small little map just so people understand what they're looking at. Like geography, if you're not familiar with the area. So that would be great. Yeah. I'll no, do- I, I really, I really like that idea. That would, that would be great. Um, I mean, and, and because too, I mean, one of the things that I think, you know, causes these weird jogs and like this, this, you know, swath of, uh, you know, the town going through like a certain section is that that part of town is just it's all very industrial. Obviously, yes. Snake Land was industrial, but I mean, there's just big chunks of that side of Military Road. And then the other side of it is completely residential mm-hmm. and it's Kenmore at that point. Right. And pretty much almost all those kids are going to uh, Kenmore Middle and, and Kenmore West High School. Yeah, right, right. So. Absolutely. I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about 
Kathy's background and just and just kind of what what may or may not have led up to led up to this point. Kathy's father, guy by the name of Donald Harold, both both Kathy's parents. And this is this is um, especially offensive when uh, people have uh, this this seeming attitude uh, that Kathy was like some sort of like a trash person who was just hanging out with other trash people and got right. murdered because of it. Her parents are, were both professors. They're brilliant people. Right. Uh, Donald Harold was the director of the Buffalo museum of science. And he had a heart attack in Mexico in 1984, right. uh, which is, which is pretty rough. Um, that's, that's that's a pretty phenomenally bad way to lose your dad under any circumstances. Absolutely, yeah. Let alone for a, at that time a fourteen year old girl. Yeah, and and so we just, between nineteen eighty four and nineteen eighty five, you know, Kathy still has not processed probably her father's death, and and then she's trying to grapple with with that, and I you know. I, I've known a couple people in my life that have lost their father at young ages, and it's very, very difficult. I think it's difficult to lose anybody in your family at oh, a young yeah. age, because you, or, or maybe even any age, but at a young age, it's hard to process. No, no, no I totally agree, and I, I, I think the natural response to something like that happening is teenage rebellion. Sure, you know, honestly, is just going off, and apparently. The, the I mean the the group that she that she uh, that she went to was the heads and I mean that totally makes sense because you know it's like they had this like badass reputation and Satanism and drugs and stuff so you know it would be a good way to piss off your mom and her mom apparently was very concerned about the heads that no that doubt. she was she was hanging out with her older sister who was definitely not a head was was trying to give a much more of a positive influence you know i mean right. she was she was much more along the lines of like you know like a punk rocker or an experimental artist and okay. she she had a lot of, of of really cool friends yeah one was mark freeland you know i'm sure you've heard of the the local yeah. artist and musician and he was uh Kathy's guitar teacher That's and cool. he uh, he also wrote a very heartfelt song about her after her death right and uh and one of one of uh the other friends of uh kathy's uh, sister was i don't know the fella's name offhand it might be one of the other articles but i know that he and maybe a couple other people uh from uh green jello really? were were uh were, were hanging around and trying to you know, just help Kathy out like during that period. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's like it's like I mean, you know, whether or not you love their 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 hit single or not. I mean, Green Jello were were great. I mean, they opened big, for yeah, the it was, it was awesome. when I saw them. I mean, yeah. they were just the fact that they were around and they were just freaks in Kenmore, and it was awesome. Right. It was good fun. Um, but anyway, but they were trying to help too. This is just kind of an aside, but apparently, Annie DeFranco. The local folk singer of some note was in a dance recital with Kathy at some point. I, I don't know anything more about their relationship, but I know that much. Wow, okay. that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, it's but funny you think about all this because hmm. it it really tears my brain out because you have like 
at Mark Freeland, Ani DeFranco, Green Jello, and all these just cool people around you. <laughs> right. And they're all trying to give her this, like, you know, I know life is hard. It's going to get better. Here, just let's, let me show you some stuff that I know to do. And like, you know, or just they're involved in the arts and stuff like that. And, and then right. she's just robbed. And like, I wonder like, Jesus, could she have been like, an, like somebody of note? Uh, a notable i mean obviously she had right. she had talent or she had something to give other than right. you know uh being murdered and and maybe yeah. she maybe she could have been something that we'd be talking about or seeing play out in a club or or an artist in a gallery or or maybe writing something you know it's just mm-hmm. i mean who knows it's just, we could have we could have yeah. lost somebody special yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it is it is unfortunate. I do know that that Kathy uh, was not primarily into uh, heavy metal. I mean, of course, she was if she was involved with the heads. Uh, somebody at one point or the other had quoted that uh, her favorite singer was. Oh, my God. I totally forgot her name. You know, the one who did Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. You know, and you talk about like whether you like her or not. I mean, that's a pretty positive. Um, Honestly, I I didn't like Cindy Lauper growing up, but as an uh-huh. adult, in in hearing her songs now and how well they're done, and I've seen her perform her songs, Cindy Lauper kicks ass. Fucking money changes everything is a great song. Like by <laughs> any standard, that's a great song. You know, I mean, we can argue about the others, but. Mm. I'm just I'm intransigent about uh, about that thing. So, right. But this is a point where things get weird. Okay. So less famous, perhaps, but just as important in this part of Kathy's story, uh, Kenmore West Senior, named Diane Tesmer, was Kathy's tutor, and although they weren't close emotionally, they got along very well. And a brief time after Kathy's death, Diane had a dream about Kathy in which Kathy recited a poem to her. As soon as Diane woke up, she transcribed the poem. Diane's boyfriend at the time, Jason Batzer, was in our circle of friends, and he spread the poem around once we found out that it existed. And uh, this is the poem that Kathy recited to Diane in her dream. You and me, and they make three. The cats create, anticipate. There's 10 of them and one of me. And then they die and I am free. Cats and rats have heart attacks and they all die and we all die, and they all live, and we all live, but then they're dead, and I am free. So, wow. It's a little, it's a little heavy. Um, Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, mind you, um, I get it. You know, the other stuff, People might have, you know, get, you know, give some heft to because we've taken factual stuff out of newspapers and from things that we've, you know, heard or read. This is this is probably going to seem a little left field, but it really happened, and you know, we we got to talk about it. 
It's um yeah, it's it's probably very well first of all for uh Diane it probably was very like powerful um that she felt that she had to transcribe it right after she woke up. And you know, like I never dreamt I don't think I've ever dreamt a poem. I've dreamt music in my head. Oh, that's I've done, cool. I've done that. I've like I dream melodies and I dream music. Huh. But I but I've uh never like <laughs> gone to sleep with a, a tape recorder so I can hum it for me when I wake up. <laughs> but right. anyways, but, uh, but that's, but that's, that's, that's really uh, powerful. And sometimes you wonder, like, is this like one of those like liminal times where like so many things are changing and, and obviously Kathy has just passed and, mm-hmm. And maybe something carries over or or maybe something triggers inside of Diane's head that she can free these words from her dream, you know? Oh right. Well there I think well, I think you pretty much hit on there's 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 two ways, really, of looking at this poem because it is incredibly powerful. And and when these words are placed in the mouth of uh you know, the recently deceased Kathy um, it becomes it becomes pretty fraught with meaning. Okay, yeah, right. And and in and in this case, it's just that it could very well be that Diane uh, was just was 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 having having a dream in response to the violent death yeah. of one of her students. Absolutely. And it might not mean anything. It's just the wording is incredibly creepy. I mean, the cats create anticipate Jesus. Yeah. But but it could very well just be that. I mean, absolutely. However, on the other end of things, and um, you know, you, you pretty much hit hit this one. If if Kathy was in, you know, as you said, like a liminal space between the worlds and try to get a message, perhaps even alluding to the individuals who killed her. That that could be the case too. That mm-hmm. could be the case too. Yeah, right. Um, my uh, my 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 friends, um, uh, Dave Baumler and Dave Robertson. I went to a Bard College with them. You are know, all film students, and they made a film. Uh, I think it was like twenty minutes long, black and white. It was called "She Hangs Brightly," mm-hmm. named after a Mazzy Star record. Okay. But basically. Um, they they didn't have access to the old news articles that you know we do now and things and we can start looking at it in terms of numbers and stuff but they were trying to interpret it in terms of who are the cats who are the rats you know um you know the cats create anticipate so did they plan the murder and then that kind of thing and gotcha. um the numbers however are the thing that really stand out after the fact to me mm-hmm is just the you and me and they make three and the consistent references to three individuals mm-hmm. who uh, are being given polygraph tests or are being questioned. And then on the other end of things, this isn't quite as uh, quite as apparent, but there's 10 of them and one of me. In that case, uh, it could be very well referring to the you know, it's like Tim Henchy's seven or eight, right, uh, right. Uh, you know, yeah, ne'er do wells, and you know that kind of thing, right. The the core group sure, that are that's sure. directing these the 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 craziness there in the snake land. Yeah, right, right. 
The only other piece I wanted to hit on before, and if you had anything, Aaron, no, no, was just going. about the very idea that cats and rats have heart attacks and they all die and we all die. It wouldn't be as meaningful if Kathy's dad hadn't died from a heart attack yeah. a year earlier. Right. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, I, I personally believe there's some validity to looking at this and saying this might give us a little insight into what happened to Kathy. Um, and I will, however, support anybody else in their view that it does not. And that this is just, you know, again, just random dream and, you know, random words and whatever it may be. And, you know, again, because I haven't, I haven't been able to uh, interpret it beyond a, you know, a just very, very basic impressions, you know, don't really have that much to, to give there. My question, uh, more of anything, and maybe you don't know this answer, but mm -hmm. uh, Diane Tesmer, did she have any other types of, uh, like, psychic or, or any other type of ways to communicate with uh, other things mm -hmm. that are outside of, you know, uh, this this dream itself? Were you, did you ever know her for anything like that? Sure. Um, I've got to say, I knew Diane relatively well. And I don't have any memory uh -huh. of her talking about or making reference to anything going on in the subtle realms, anything gotcha. happening, you know, like outside of outside of this sphere. And it, it makes it some somewhat more interesting that it just comes out of nowhere out of, you know, mm -hmm. somebody that felt compelled to uh, to. Uh, you know, write down these words that this was so important that you wake out of a sleep to write it down, you know, so. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree. I agree. And also for somebody, uh, one, one thing about her that I, I can say again, most definitely, I mean, she was, she was a science math person, you know, she was certainly not flighty. She was not the kind of person who would just, you know, speculate about ghosts or anything even remotely like that, which gotcha. was probably why the rest of us took it so seriously. Right, you know, right, that, right, that, right. That, yeah, that type of thing. So, well, I yeah, it's 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 powerful, and you mm -hmm. know, whether this was Kathy's last way to communicate, or if this was just the way Diane, you know, translated this, you know, tragic events. Um, either way, it's it's powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we could talk about it. Yeah, abs absolutely, absolutely. So, I, I, I yeah, I like I like talking about like this aspect of it without feeling um, afraid of uh, of uh, you know judgment by more rational quarters. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and you know yeah. what, I, I'm I'm between two minds with these things. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. pretty, I'm pretty rational with things and I could be skeptical of things, but also I want to leave a little uh, wonder in my life and maybe mm -hmm. there's something more there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And I don't pretend to know. And I'm not going to say no, that this means, you know, nothing but a, just a dream. So I, mm -hmm. I'm going to leave it as, you know, to the listener to, they can decide whatever they want to make out of this. Uh, but it's still, I think powerful and it's, it, it 
if it's if it's a last message from Kathy, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's in the impression that Kathy gave to Diane that it was so powerful that she felt that she had to write this in from a dream and share it with you know her her boyfriend and mm-hmm. and everyone else, then that's mm-hmm. even just as powerful and just as beautiful. So I take agree. It, take it any way you want it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it that way because I like it. All right. Um, Next week, we are going to be talking about, again, about the Kathy Harold case, but we're going to be talking about when it was reopened uh, in 2007 and gets all our hopes up for a little while. Special episode two, thanks to Cassidy Nicholas for her invaluable research assistance. The Return to Snakeland podcast was created by Aaron O'Brien and Jason Gussman. All music written and performed by Dotson Moon. If you like what you've heard, you can access more Dotson Moon music at dotsonmoon.bandcamp.com. If you have any information as to the 1985 murder of Kathy Harold, please contact us at our email address, returntosnakeland at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have an interest in further historic materials from the period or information on the Return to Snakeland graphic novel, please come see us at returntosnakeland.com If you would like to contribute in order to ensure the future of this podcast, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com front slash returntosnakeland Thanks for everything. See you next time.